this is the in focus podcast from the hindu hello and welcome to the hindus in focus podcast with me amit barua your host for this episode in the matter of less than a week rishi sunak has replaced liz truss as prime minister in the first week of september boris johnson was still the british prime minister Our guest in last week's In Focus podcast, Andrew Whitehead, former editor of the BBC's World Service, had correctly predicted that it would be Rishi Sunak, and Sunak it is. We turn again to Andrew Whitehead for what he thinks of Britain's first Indian origin prime minister and the challenges that lie ahead of him. Welcome to the In Focus podcast again, Andy. <laughs> Thank you, Amit. It feels like I've got a a season ticket, which is great. I'm not sure it's great for the country, but I enjoy it anyway. Anyway, so you have a ringside seat, Andy, in London, and you're watching all the goings on. So, uh, in a sense, it was expected. But uh, what does this really mean? And you know, uh, Sonak seems to have uh, his uh, task cut out for him, as it were. Well, I think it's on two levels. So, I think we now have a prime minister uh, who has a track record in promoting economic stability and good stewardship. and that is what the country needs more than anything else after several months of extreme economic and political turbulence and we've got a very difficult few months ahead maybe a few years ahead with a cost of living crisis high inflation uh, a looming recession so he's got a lot to do but there is also another aspect uh, something actually that Rishi Sunak didn't mention at all uh, in his speech as he entered 10 Downing Street for the first time but Britain has its first non-white prime minister a man of indian heritage has got the top political job in british politics and that is huge i mean when i was covering westminster as a political correspondent now this is going back a bit but a little bit more than 30 years ago there were only four black and asian members of parliament out of 650 MPs and they were all labor MPs there wasn't a single black or asian conservative mp and we now have a conservative prime minister who is quite clear that he's a hindu and uh, is proud of his indian family origins that's a big thing so andy tell us you know what does this mean for britain for england I mean, it is a huge thing. I mean, uh, you know, the sheer optics of, as you say, a non-white a Hindu, a professed Hindu, taking you know charge in um, in Ten Downing Street. It's a huge thing. I mean, we'll discuss the global implications and the interest in India later. But what do you think it spells for a multiracial Britain? Well, it does prove that if you're good, you can get to the top, whoever you are. and that race isn't a barrier and quite clearly in the past race and indeed gender and other things have been a barrier to getting right to the top now rishi sunak is not your typical uh member of a british ethnic minority he is super wealthy very very privileged he went to one of the top fee paying schools his family were in the professions his father a doctor his mother a a pharmacist so it's not your ordinary uh, rags to riches immigrant uh, success story but nevertheless it is quite something for the first time ever britain is being led by somebody whose heritage rests with the colonized rather than the colonizers now that doesn't 
wipe out all the ugly stain of empire. It doesn't mean that there is no racism, but it is really something that people across the world will look to and say, wow, that at least is an achievement. So, so yeah, as you point out, he's no underdog, Rishi Sunak. I mean, he comes from privilege. He's married into privilege. You know, he, he's enormously wealthy and um, uh, he's not white and he's not labor. He, as you point out, labor has a long history of, uh, you know, Indian origin MPs or, you know, Asian origin MPs. But uh, for a conservative party to have a prime minister who is of, you know, Asian or Brit- Indian origin... So how is this perceived? I mean, his privilege, is this going to be a barrier in governance or it might prove to be a plus point? I think his wealth, and he's not just rich, he's, you know, as people would say here, is filthy rich. And I think that is an issue. I think it's an issue much more than his ethnicity. You know, he is richer than the king. I mean, when I say he, I mean he and his wife together. They're richer than the king. They are comfortably the richest. Looks like the king is a bit poor, I mean, compared to these people. (laughs) (laughs) It is strange. I think it's the first time any monarch will have invited somebody to form a government who's got more money and wealth than they have. Um, you know, and he's got several homes and his homes are posh and he's got swimming pools and fitness centers installed and stuff like that. He, he doesn't flaunt his wealth, but he wears expensive clothes. And of course, everybody knows that his wife, Akshatumruti, is, is an heiress and she's going to be uh, even more wealthier than she is now at some stage in the future and and there is a sort of sense that you know so if he's so wealthy and he really doesn't have to worry at all about daily weekly annual budgets how can he really have any empathy with the tens of millions of you know people in britain who are not well off and are really struggling with high inflation very high fuel bills sometimes having to make a decision about whether they eat or whether they heat their home and that's that's not fanciful that is happening at the moment so there's that issue and i think the opposition parties and particular labor will make a little bit of an issue about his wealth but then you know labor uh, which says it's a party of opportunity and empowerment and social justice has never been led by anybody other than a white man and i think that should be a matter of shame for a progressive party in what is absolutely a multicultural country so, Andy, you referred to, you know, your early, exper- early experience of, uh, you know, covering uh, the British Parliament and, you know, uh, saying that, you know, there were very few, uh, you know, non-white members. So what's the situation now in the British Parliament? Is Sunak an exception or are there many, many MPs, uh, you know, uh, of Indian or Pakistani or Bangladeshi or Nepali um, heritage? There are really quite a few. So it's not entirely proportionate, but it's not far off. So uh, I think well over 10% of British members of parliament are non-white. I haven't absolutely got the figures in front of me. And if you look at uh, Rishi Sunak's appointments, so he has uh, Suella Braverman, whose father is of Goan heritage and mother is from the Tamil community in Mauritius, as his home secretary. He has James Cleverly, whose mother I think is from Sierra Leone in West Africa as his foreign secretary. So, you know, if you look, it's just amazing. Of the four biggest jobs in British politics, three are now taken by uh, people of color. 
uh, and that's you know that's just you know you, you sort of think wow what a change uh, I mean in some ways it's you know it's obviously it's disproportionate because there's no way that 75% of the population of this country are people of color but in terms of rectifying a historic wrong it's quite a statement and of course these uh, people have all got it on the basis of merit. We don't have a sort of uh, a sharing out of jobs to make sure we've got so many percent of that or so many percent of this. And it's also gender as well, where there's been a huge change and indeed of politicians who are openly gay. There's quite a few uh, gay politicians on both Labour and Conservative and indeed Scottish nationalist ranks. So it feels like, uh, you know, all the barriers that there used to be to people of real talent getting the top jobs because they were perceived to be the wrong gender, the wrong sexual orientation, the wrong colour, are being swept away. It doesn't mean there's no racism. It doesn't mean that everything is okay. But it does feel like a step forward. And, you know, I'm, you know, as you know, I'm not Indian, but I'm I'm an OCI and my my kids have got an Indian parent. And I just also, you know, whatever I think about Rishi Sunak's politics, I rejoice in the symbolism of uh, an, a man of Indian heritage in 10 Downing Street. I think it's great. Andy, picking up from there, I mean, the point that you make is that it is slightly disproportionate. So you think there could be a response, a reaction? We, we, we know in Europe, uh, you know, there is a strong right-wing current everywhere now. So can we expect or can we fear a response, uh, you know, from the constituency that believes that it is for them uh, or, you know, or Britain or England belongs to them? And finally, uh, you know, people are uh, who, who are of a different uh, color are outsiders in a sense? Um, it's an interesting question. I, I don't think so on a, on a large scale. I'm sure there'll be some people who are grumbling. You always get a lot of grumbling. And there is, uh, there is a sort of, a, quite a narrow, but there is a sort of racist vein in British politics on the e- extreme right. But we don't have the really vocal right-wing political forces that you've seen, particularly in France and in Italy. Uh, I mean, partly because the Conservative Party actually has a big bandwidth. So it's it's sort of enveloped some people who were on the sort of what you might call hard but not racist right of British politics, you know, the hardline Brexiteers. But I don't think there'll be much of a sort of popular unease about this because I think it's I mean, nobody's suggesting that Rishi Sunak is appointing people because their their people of color he's appointing the people he thinks can do the job best and you know if there's a reshuffle things will change and we'll have a, a new set of faces in i mean it, it's uh, I'm, I'm thinking myself about whether this will be something that will have any sort of political blowback as i say i think there will be some people who will mutter and there may be some very very small parties on the on the hard right who will say you know who's going to stick up for the white guy, but not really a substantial uh, current in, in British public debate. You know, uh, Andy, I'm going to take this debate a little forward as to, you know, what you think of uh, people from different uh, ethnic origins or national origins, you know, going on to become leaders uh, in different countries. But before I do that, I just want to ask you about Suela Braverman's reappointment. You know, she did make that comment that we discussed about Guardian reading as if that's a crime and tofu eating as if that's a crime too. 
and now she's back in office you know and she admitted she wrote a letter saying that you know i shared documents from my private email something which i shouldn't have done so is that part of some kind of a deal you know to you know um, gain support uh, for rishi sunak's election or is it something uh, you know she, he just wants to keep everyone happy because it is a little strange uh, i'm sure he could have found another home secretary if he tried hard enough i read the guardian but i think i'm with soella braverman about tofu have you, have you tried tofu i must say it's not not to my taste at all but um more seriously soella braverman rather surprisingly has emerged as a figurehead of uh the hard brexit let's stop illegal immigration right in the conservative parliamentary party she endorsed rishi sunak rather than support boris johnson in the last uh, week 10 days of high political drama so i think this is a little bit of a political payback for her i think it's also a statement rishi sunak made clear he wanted to draw his cabinet from all wings of the conservative party both list trust and boris johnson tended just to appoint their bodies and their political allies so suella braverman is not from rishi sunak's wing of the party but i think it's quite a statement that he's given her one of the top jobs but i think the problem is she was basically sacked and forced to resign uh you know a week ago for a breach of security she shared a sort of semi-confidential government document on her private email with somebody who shouldn't have got it. Uh, this isn't—I mean, it's not—it's not a hanging offence, but it's not great. And for her just to be sort of forgiven and come back a week later does make you wonder about one of the things that Rishi Sunak promised uh, uh, on the steps of Downing Street—that he would put integrity front and centre. So Ella Braverman hasn't shown perhaps quite as much integrity as she should have done and yet she's back in a big job. Hmm, not great. So Andy, I'm going to now uh, you know ask you, you know you worked in India as the BBC's correspondent for many years, so you're familiar with Indian politics and India. And uh, you know as you said, you know there's been a huge welcome for Rishi Sunak and you know there is no doubt that it really symbolizes you know a major major change in you know uh, in in how britain is looked upon you know with this kind of a prime minister of indian origin and you know his link is stronger because uh, you know his the, his wife's family is very much anchored in india still you know you often have people uh, you know who marry differently so it's it's quite a it's it's a it's a connection there but uh, interestingly there have been uh, you know responses uh, you know which are perhaps uh, you know comments about india itself and you know i'd like to read out a tweet uh, by congress leader and former minister p chidambaram in which he says uh, you know and i quote first kamla harris now rishi sunak the people of the us and the uk have embraced the non majority citizens of their countries and elected them to high office in government i think there is a lesson to be learned by india and the parties that practice majoritarianism unquote what do you make of chidambaram's comment andy well he's making a very good political point and i can see it from his point of view I and mean, there's two aspects to it I, mean, i i remember i'm sure you remember when uh, sonia gandhi uh, turned down the chance of becoming prime minister in part at least because she was seen as an outsider I think that was very tough on her. I mean she's Italian by birth, but she has 
devoted her life to India. She's made India her home, and she is Indian in any meaningful sense. Um, and of course, there is uh, the majoritarianism that we've seen under Narendra Modi, which has, I mean, to an astonishing degree, sidelined 160 million Muslims from political and public life. And I mean, the world has noticed that. And that's clearly what Peter Dambaram is talking about. I think it's a bit of a stretch making a link between that and Rishi Sunak becoming Prime Minister of the UK. But politicians do stretch things a little bit when they want to make a political point. And, uh, you know, one person who comes to mind, I don't know whether he fits into this paradigm that we're discussing, is, uh, you know, uh, the, the, the one-time Japanese national Alberto Fujimori, who went on to become the leader of Peru. I mean, how would you, I mean, is that like really far kind of stretch or is it a long stretch? Well, I, I think it's uh, it's another case of somebody of a Asian migrant background uh, emerging at the top of a country's politics. I mean, that was quite a remarkable incident. Uh, but we've also had, you know, we've had uh, Leo Varadkar, who is of again of uh, Indian heritage, as the Prime Minister of the Irish Republic, where there isn't really a very large Indian community. We currently have. Uh, a man of uh, Goan heritage, who's the Prime Minister of Portugal. Um, so I think, you know, a- a- across the world, people are much less what you might call nativist uh, than they used to be. Um, and I think that has to be a really good thing. You don't really want to feel that there are barriers based on who you are, um, um, you know, what your name is, what the, your colour is in any area of uh, endeavour and particularly in politics where you absolutely need to be able to represent the nation. Well, we leave it here and we return to you, Andy, for uh, how uh, Rishi Sunak is performing. And uh, thank you so much yet again for talking to the Hindus in Focus podcast. It's always a pleasure and I, I look forward to coming again, but I hope it won't be another change of prime minister. Thanks, Amit. In Focus will be back soon with analysis of the biggest news issues. In the meantime, you can find our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher and other platforms. Just search for In Focus by The Hindu. We'll see you soon.